Hello and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, the video and audio version. Uh, today we are talking about Open RAN. And before we get into the discussion, um, I want to remind everybody that uh, Light Reading's Open RAN Symposium is coming up very soon. Tuesday, December 8th and Thursday, December 10th are the dates of the symposium. Uh, it's going to feature keynote panels by a lot of huge service providers, Vodafone, Rakuten, Verizon, Tokomo, Deutsche Telekom. They're all going to be uh, on panels and giving keynotes at this uh, uh, symposium. Uh, the whole thing's going to be chaired and moderated by Gabriel Brown, Principal Analyst of Mobile Networks and 5G at Heavy Reading. And by complete coincidence, owing nothing at all to the fact that we work for the same parent company and I can see his calendar and outlook, I found a way to interview Gabe right now. Gabe, welcome. Hey, uh, th uh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously you're looking forward to the symposium and you've worked really hard to put, uh, put together the program. Um, I wanted to ask you a few questions about Open RAN in general, just to kind of, uh, well, I guess, whet people's appetite for the discussions that are going to happen uh, invariably uh, during the symposium, but also to kind of catch us up to date because this is a, you know, multifaceted technology. It's a, it's it's quite influential at this point, and it changes, you know, every week or so. Um, so the first question is about. Uh, vendor diversity. Um, it, you know, diversification in the supply chain has been kind of a big deal since, um, well, I mean, I guess in recent history, the NFV uh, ascension, you know, back in like 2012, 2013 timeframe. Um, Open RAN is, is all of that and much more in terms of trying to uh, invite in different types of hardware and software vendors into the uh, uh, previously more or less closed telecom ecosystem. So I guess my, um, I guess my question on that is, do you see this, do you see that it's possible to keep that going? Because it's, it's off to a good start, but what worries me is that the telecom industry is perpetually consolidating. And at some point, you know, these guys are just going to get snapped up by larger players and we're going to be right back where we started. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you're right to, to to draw the link between what's happened in, if you like, telco networking. You mentioned um, the NFV kind of SDN introduction. So this idea of open networking, disaggregated hardware and software, uh, software-based control, programmatic control, that's kind of what's driven and inspired Open RAN, really, that you know we have open networking in the cloud domain. We're bringing it into telco networks. We should bring it into the RAN as well. The ultimate aim, I think, here is that, and I think this has to be your beliefs, what I'll be arguing on, on the opening session, actually, on, on uh, next Tuesday. That has to be a way, really, you have to target building the best possible RAN system using those open network approaches. That's kind of like the end goal. Now, that's quite a long, a long way away right now. For various reasons, we talk about it. In the meantime, it's this idea of vendor diversity has given a, like a big boost to Open RAN, as, as you mentioned. Um, two reasons: one is RAN particularly is fairly consolidated as a market. There's like five big vendors, but in many markets, you down to two or three. Particularly yeah. in Europe and particularly in the UK, you have this you know with Huawei being limited, operators are down to two. Yeah. So you've got two or three vendors. So there's a, there's a kind of a need to um, have a little bit more diversity in the in the supply chain, and that's that's giving it a giving it a boost right now. I think it's kind of 
a secondary benefit, if you see what I mean. The main benefit is this has to be the best way to build a RAN. I don't think being a diverse, you know, um, offering more diversity in the supply chain is enough to carry through this technology. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I tend to agree, and I also uh, neglected to mention, um, although you hinted at it, that one lens that we have to continually look at this market dynamic through is that of geopolitics and the fact that um, you know the the entire world of operators is not open to the entire world of RAN vendors, and that's also influencing some of the work around Open RAN and a lot of the funding, uh, in, in especially in the U.S. Um, Open RAN is getting more uh, of a boost from the government, more of a boost for funding because they see it as um, a way to yeah diversify the supply chain, uh, but also uh, block out, you know, Chinese equipment vendors, um, who they don't want to, uh, you know, have in their networks. Um, uh, so, so there's definitely a multifaceted sort of desire there, but, um, I like what you said that really it's, it, it should be about building the best possible network. And then, you know, however you achieve that is, is, is the, is the, will, will be the right way around for that operator. Um, so, I mean, uh, Related to that is the cost savings part of Open RAN. So there's a um, one of the you know big drivers also is is that uh, by using uh, newer suppliers, startups, software centric companies, you get a cost savings uh, over what you could get, um, or at least that's the theory by buying your kit from one uh, a giant vendor. Um, so my my question is: Does is this supposed to happen in the capex side, in the opex side, in neither, or in both? Uh, it's a really good question. I mean, I think, um, and it's somewhat complicated. I think um, the the theory is through having more participants in the market and a more of a kind of modularized RAN system, you can have more competition. Therefore, you can uh, drive innovation higher and prices lower through competition that's that's kind of the idea and you can have specialists in particular uh, domains or product areas and through being specialists they can deliver a better product for a better price and so therefore everything you know is better that's that that's kind of the idea now in practice the, the one of the reasons the brand market is consolidated down so much is there's been a lot of price pressure on the market the enormous R&D load on, on the vendors to, to come up and develop the technology. And there's an enormous load on them in terms of field service support, being in all these different markets, feet on the street, you know, people people to, to, to actually be in place, provide the support and so forth. So if you think about actually you disaggregate all of that and then you recompose it, you it's not clear that you're going to save like um, a lot of money uh, directly. If anything, you know, in the initial phases, and a lot of operators kind of anticipate their costs may rise a little. You know, that's that's that that sure. seems um, hard to avoid. Where I think it's probably that there is a good and a more immediate case for cost savings will be in, um, for example, for smaller operators or rural operators or people in sort of far flung far flung countries where uh, basically, and I've done few you know few jobs for operators on this over the years. Basically, you just don't get a very good deal off the big vendors. You know, that's where they get their big markup and their big margin. If you want to buy base stations and a core network from, from one of the big vendors and you're on an island in, 
let's say the Caribbean or you're in a rural part of US oh. or something, generally oh, speaking, nice. oh, you don't sorry. get a good deal. You know, you pay, you're not buying in huge volume. You're not buying like thousands of, of sectors or whatever. So so that's where I think there's going to be a, a more near term and tangible cost saving. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, you're right. The, 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 the rural networks, especially in the U.S., have been um, a big, uh, I guess, motivator, you know, for uh, things like Open RAN because they they simply were on the networking side for NFE and things like that because of exactly what you mentioned the big the big equipment vendors they um, they sell in scale, you know, and to if you if you buy um, great quantities of stuff, you're a great customer and they'll service you. If you buy one or two. They're not as interested in, you know, in doing that relationship. And so then you're stuck with either um, the reseller market or, you know, using a, a you know, a, a linked chain of consultancies and things like that. And it, it doesn't end up uh, actually, you know, saving you that much money. Um, uh, let's see. So is, is the... I guess one of the things I'm still missing is is whether Open RAN kit is actually cheaper. You know, is 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 it does it actually cost less than what you could buy from uh, a Huawei, an Ericsson, or a Nokia? Um, because this stuff is supposed to be more software centric and more advanced. But when you add all the components together, does it does that actually end up with savings? Uh, I think that's very hard to say. I mean, the the the, the cost of a RAN is a very kind of fungible thing. You you know, it can be mm. as cheap or as expensive as you want it. If you look at um, you know big operators buying in high volume, they're very sophisticated purchasers. They have lots of points of leverage on the suppliers, and yeah. you know, they're the, you're basically getting the the best deals right now off of the off of the vendors buying in volume, and you know making sure you get what you want how to get it now there is an argument that the um the major vendors are kind of to some extent involved in margin stacking so they may have a like a for example a radio head an ru in, in open RAN terms is probably the most expensive uh part of the subsystem in so certainly in, in in hardware terms and so mm-hmm. the open RAN advocate will say well actually that product it's probably even be it might even been being manufactured by a, a partner or third party of one of the big OEMs. Um, they're 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 buying it for let's say a thousand, and they're selling it to you for four thousand. Why don't we just buy it direct and we'll sell it to you for twelve hundred? Kind of a kind of a model. So okay. there is no doubt some amount of margin stacking going on. What actually it ends up as as you know how much you pay for equipment. It's really hard to say at this point, and 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 you know, vendors have moved toward global price books, but still, is differences between you know what you pay in Japan, what you pay in India, for example. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, it, so yeah, it's I, I guess it's a, it's it's still sort of a it depends on the service provider, it depends on the country, and it depends on what that vendor you know, what their, uh, uh, posture is, I guess, toward that, you know, toward that geography or toward that, you know, do they want to be in that market badly enough that they're going to make a deal happen? Because then I, I, I do believe that that's, you know, we've seen that on the networking side If 
if somebody wants in on something badly enough, it, you know, the margin argument goes out the window, they'll figure out another way to make it back. Um, and, and, and being left out of a generational switch in technology seems to be enough of a motivator, you know, in certain operators to, to, to keep, you know, to stay in the game. Um, so let's talk about performance. Um, do, is it safe to say that the, that the open ran, uh, performance is roughly equivalent to traditional RAN performance at this point? And I, I ask this mostly because of what I've heard, um, uh, Neville Ray at T-Mobile saying, uh, you know, quite a bit, you know, he's been, he's been kind of a, um, yeah, not, not, not terribly uh, uh, critical of open ran, but he said he settled a few things that have sort of you know informed us as to why T-Mobile's going the way it's going. Um, do you do you see that the performance thing is really that big of an issue at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've read and he made those comments actually as well at uh, a Big Five G an interview of you once. I think it's a it's a it's a consistent position. It's not something you 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 you'd argue with him really. Yeah, um, no. I- I do think, you know, give it some context. T-Mobile is really in a position where it needs to move fast and kind of strike home the advantage it has right now in mid-band. So they're, they're right on yeah. it and they need to push. And, you know, if you took if you took the system today and you said you'll need to do a fast 5G rollout, no question. Um, and so if you then start looking at, well, let's say, so one of the things I'll talk about actually on, the, on Tuesday is which RAN are we really talking about? We talk about it as one thing. But actually, there are mm-hmm. quite a lot of different types of, of RAN deployment um, that have different performance demands on them. So if you're talking about a really state-of-the-art 5G, highest capacity, highest performance type system you can get, it's an integrated system from one of the one of the top three, four vendors that's that's going to be your best, pretty much your only option, really. Right. Um, the open RAN systems, as yet, don't have the features or the or the performance to, to match. And that, you know, there's, there's just no real kind of debate about that. That's, that's what it is. There are ways that's going to be addressed. We can maybe talk about that in a moment, but you could also say, well, if actually, maybe I want to use uh, open run in a market where I've just got to do some LTE and I've just got to do like a single carrier. And I just want to do two by two MIMO. This is like your basic system that you get everywhere. Well, then you could start to say, actually, the performance is perfectly acceptable now on, a, on, on an open system running on off-the-shelf servers, running on um, you know, aftermarket RUs, things like that. So when it becomes a sort of uh, – when your requirements are simpler, the, the performance question kind of fades away somewhat. But it's yeah. in the high end, and clearly there are, there are challenges. That, that, I mean, that, 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 that's an important point. Yeah, that's a that that's a. I'm I'm glad you uh, distinguish between the two because you're right. Buying an open RAN system is not just a it's not just a generic you know purchase. It's it's per, it's usually purpose built and and specifically tailored for um, an actual application, a customer segment. Uh, like like in T-Mobile's case, the time to market element was huge in their decision. Um, you know, they, they just got justice department approval. They have mid band spectrum. It's, it's, you know, four on the floor, let's get it going. You know, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't time for them to evaluate what was coming down the road in six months. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting thing to listen out for. I think when we hear, uh, speakers like, you know, from Rakuten and, and Verizon, um, address those, those types of issues. 
Um, so, so really quickly, uh, just for, for, uh, to, to wrap up, um, what's your, your ORAN outlook, um, for next year? Um, at least how much do you want to share here versus at the, at the conference at the symposium? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm positive on open run. Um, I think the right timeline to view it on is, is a sort of four to five year timeline. Um, I think next year continues to be uh, primarily trials, scaling the trials, more operators doing trials, mo- some moving into some production networks, you know, some live networks. Um, I think we'll see a few networks with Brownfield, Open RAN deployed in them somehow next year. But I don't think it's kind of the the year where it all takes off and and um, you know these 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 companies are getting bored and sold and, and all that sort of thing. I think we're some way from that, but I think it's going to be a year of kind of pretty pretty um, pretty much progress as we've seen uh, so far. Really, I think the way the the thing to keep in mind is where this goes in four to five years. Um, and the the most I think the most critical thing then the most interesting thing to watch next year is what comes out of the silicon ecosystem to support open RAN through you know and there's quite a few been quite a few announcements of late and we'll start to see that product sample and then ship late, later in the year so what comes out of the silicon ecosystem is going to have a huge impact on the performance of open RAN the cost point how how practical it is to build these things but I think that takes a few years to to come through yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, it's certainly not standing still as far as as far as the technology uh, goes. So as as you as you point out, yeah, within within a year we might be having an entirely different conversation. That's why it's good to catch up. That's also why it's good that people need to uh, go and register for the Light Readings Open RAN Ecosystem Symposium. Again, it's Tuesday, December eighth. The second day is Thursday, December tenth. Um, keynotes by all kinds of service providers, chaired by. That man right there, right there, um, Gabe Brown. Uh, thanks so much for uh, being on the Light Reading Podcast. Hey, thank you, Phil.